Stick those earbuds in your ears and listen up, you heathen cunt. May the Lord bless everyone who beats their children against the rocks. May the Lord bless everyone who beats your children against the rocks. May the Lord bless everyone who beats your children against the rocks. Welcome to Dwight Explains the Bible, where we say no way to Yahweh. Welcome back, everybody. Today we're going to talk about Christians and covenants and testaments. Oh my. So let's get this party started by talking about what is a Christian. It seems like a pretty self-explanatory question and answer, right? What is a Christian? Well, somebody who follows Jesus, right? But the, the actual answer is so much more convoluted. Since there's so many different denominations of Christianity, and they all believe a little bit differently from each other, and they all believe they're correct according to the Holy Spirit and what the Bible says, then how do we know? Like, how do we know who is an actual Christian? If you ask a Catholic, they'd say anyone who's not a Catholic isn't a real Christian. All the other Christians would say Catholics aren't a real Christian. So... If we ask other people, then there's no real Christian. Nobody's a real Christian, according to Christians. Because you find me one person who says they're a Christian, and I'll find you another person who says they're not a real Christian. So we look at things around society today. We all know about the Westboro Baptist Church and their hate for everyone who's outside of their church. Well, that's kind of what Jesus taught, wasn't it? He only came for the the lost tribe of Israel, for the lost sheep. That's all he came for. Uh, When the Samaritan woman wanted to be healed, he basically called her a dog. You're not one of us, you know, get out of here. So for, for the fact that the Westboro Baptist Church is literally calling out sins in their neighbors, that, you know, that could be seen as they're following what Jesus did. And then um, you ask any non-denominational, well, it says to love your neighbors. Yeah, but you love them in the way that Jesus loved people, which is calling out the sins of your neighbors. So, literally, the Bible is a choose-your-own-adventure book. So, some people believe, once saved, always saved. So, if you were ever saved, you grew up in a, a Christian household, and you're, you're, you were a Christian back then, but you're not now, well, at one point you accepted Jesus, so you're saved. Other people say that that's wrong. So those are two diametrically opposed positions that would cancel each other out. Group one says group two is not a real Christian. Group two says group one is not a real Christian. And then, so what if there's people who are Christians who don't believe Jesus was God? Nowhere in the Bible, and you can quote me on this, nowhere in the Bible does Jesus ever claim to be God. Jesus many times claims to be doing God's work or be sent by God, a messenger of God, things like that. But he never once says, I am God. Never says that. And despite Jesus never saying that he, like never saying that he's God, he never says that. People say, well, if you don't think Jesus is God, then you're not a real Christian. But there's plenty of people who believe in Jesus and that he came from God, but just he's not actually God himself. He's the son of God. But then these two groups would call each other not real Christians. And then let's look through history a little bit. 
How about the Catholic Crusaders? Or, or just the, any of the Crusaders. There was a whole bunch of different Crusades. The Catholic Crusade is just the most famous one. But if we look at them, they were doing the work of God, right? They were spreading the gospel by the sword, which is exactly what Jesus said. I come not to bring peace, but a sword. Sell your cloak and buy a sword. So then these Catholic crusaders would go around and extinguish anybody who didn't believe exactly how they believed. So even if you were like, well, okay, well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't think he's God. Well, they'd kill you, right? And, and these people believe they were doing God's will. And Christians today would say, well, they're not a real Christian. God would never do that, which instantly tells you they haven't read the Bible because God has literally ordered his people to commit genocides many times. The Midianites, as an example, turned their back on God, and that's why they were exterminated. So God ordering his people to extinguish another civilization because of their beliefs is exactly in the character of God. The Catholic Crusaders could have easily heard from God and be on a God-sent mission. There's no way to prove it. People will say, well, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have you do that, and a real Christian has the Holy Spirit. So were God's people, when God ordered his people to kill the Amalekites, so they didn't have the Holy Spirit? Were they ignoring the Holy Spirit when they listened to God? I mean, it's like you, you, can't, you can't take both sides of, of the argument here. It has, has to be one or the other. You're either obeying God and doing something disgusting, or you're ignoring God. If God tells you to do something, you have to do it. And if that doesn't fall in line with what the Holy Spirit teaches, well then I'm assuming your understanding of the Holy Spirit is wrong because if God the Father tells you to extinguish a village, that's what you're supposed to do. You have to obey God, right? So the Catholic Crusaders in their mind were proper Christians. What about the Salem witch trials? Oh, she's a witch, burn her, kill her, right? What well, doesn't the Bible say, you shall not suffer a witch to live? Doesn't the Bible give you instructions time and time again? Stone this person to death if they do this, if they do that, if they do this. So that sounds like somebody's following the Bible. That sounds like they're following the teachings of God, right? They're following the Bible. And we know if we look at America in the southern states, there's actually groups of people who call themselves Christians who are ready to be combative. They're doing weapons training, they're, they've militarized, and they're just waiting. So there is a group of people who are ready to go to war for God. I mean, this is legitimately a thing. These southern Christian warriors. I mean, like, literally, it's scary and it's true. But okay, let's go a little bit deeper into time. Let's look at the Nicene Creed. There was a Nicene Council um, around the year 300 AD, like 325, 360, some, whatever. But there was a group of people who came together and their purpose was to unify all of the different churches to make sure we all had a common theme that we could all work off of. And they came up with the Nicene Creed, which is something like we believe in uh, the one true God, Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, whatever. But it was meant to unify all these different people. And if you were a bishop in the area and you didn't agree to this, you were excommunicated. You weren't allowed back into any of their meetings or whatever. 
So this was a creed that everybody had to take back to their home churches to unify all the different beliefs. But wait, why were there different beliefs? So when we look at history, historical records, facts, documentation, there were approximately 40 different gospels that were written. 40. We all know of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of you might know like the Gospel of Thomas, um, things like that. The Gospel of Judas. There's also the Gospel of Mary, Gospel of Jesus. Um, there, there's just a whole bunch of different Gospels that are out there. Um, there's also uh, sort of, it's not really a Jesus Gospel, but it's about Jesus. It's called the Apocalypse of Adam. And you may not have heard of that because the Catholic Church has done everything in their power to destroy every last copy. They were mostly successful, but we do have a few remaining fragments from the Apocalypse of Adam. So, before the Nicene Council, you had people who maybe they didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Maybe they only had Mark, or maybe they had Mark and Judas, or Mark and Thomas. And if somebody had the Gospel of Thomas and the Apocalypse of Adam, then they would have believed that Jesus is their Savior, and he's saving them from the evil God of the Old Testament. So, literally, they believe the Old Testament God was this evil, wicked person, and that's exactly how I see it. Um, so they think he's this wicked God, and there is a new God who sent Jesus to save people from the Old Testament God. Like, literally rescue people from the Old Testament God's design. So these people believed Jesus was their Savior, and they followed his teachings. Would they be considered a Christian? They would consider themselves a Christian, right? They're following the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. So they would consider themselves a Christian. Everybody in their own community would call them a Christian. Now, what about when Jesus supposedly did his Sermon on the Mount, right? So he's talking to people. What if somebody heard Jesus talking and is like, man, I like this guy. I want to follow this guy. Would they be a Christian? Because they don't have all the teachings of Jesus. They're only following a little bit about what they heard. Are they considered a Christian? Somebody who legitimately spoke to Jesus and heard Jesus speak. Christians today would say, no, they're not a Christian. So you find anybody out there who says they're a Christian and then take them to their neighbor's house and their neighbor will say, no, they're not a real Christian. So there's no such thing as an actual Christian. And there's just a bunch of idiots claiming to be a Christian. Every single person who I've met who's claimed to be a Christian has been dishonest and disingenuous. I can't believe a goddamn word they said. So, just a quick story. We know the, the plagues of Egypt. God was mad at the Pharaoh. And in the last plague, he killed the firstborns of Egypt, right? So God is mad at this one guy, and he takes it out on other people's kids. Christians are like, well, he gave them warnings. Ha, ha, ha. But that's not okay. That's not okay. If you're mad at me, deal with me. Okay, if I'm doing something that somebody needs to die, then take it out on me, or at least try, you know, um, but take it out on me. I mean, God, take it out on my family or, you know, whatever, but not the fucking neighbors, the neighbors, kids. What the fuck? So that is so messed up. And the fact that Christians can't even understand how 
insanely demented that is scares me. That's why I don't let Christians on my property. I will not let Christians near my family. If they don't understand the basics of if you're mad at this person, you take it out on this person, right? You don't take it out on other people's kids. It's like you go to work, somebody pissed you off at work, and you come home and you take it out on your family. Like, that's not right. That's not good. If you're mad at somebody at work, you deal with it at work. You go home, you take therapy. Go to the bar, have a drink, you know? But, I mean, if you're mad at one person, you take it out on that person. That's it. And the fact that they can't understand that just makes me completely, like, mind-boggled. Okay, so we're going to talk about covenants in just a second. But first, let's talk about one of the things that Christians say all the time. Whenever you talk about a verse or a story, they'll always say, Oh, it's out of context. Well, okay, you lying, dishonest piece of shit. What is the context? What is the context? Oh, you don't know? They never, let me tell you, they never fucking know the context. They don't know anything about it. They don't know a goddamn thing about it. So they are bold-faced fucking lying when they tell you it's out of context because they don't know. They don't know what the context is, so how do they know it's out of context? So what these little dishonest piece of craps are trying to say is it doesn't match the context that their pastor tells them. Their pastor paints up the whole story of God with rainbows and butterflies and puppy dogs, and none of them have bothered to read the Bible. So when they say it's out of context, they're a lying piece of shit. Sorry for the language, folks, but you know. Okay, so covenants. Um, people will, will say, well, that's the Old Testament. We have a new covenant, right? Well, first off, testaments and covenants are two different things. A testament is a testimony. It's a story about something, right? That's all a testament is. And a covenant is a promise or an agreement, right? If you do this, I'll do that. That's a covenant. That's an agreement. That's a promise. It's like a contract. Oh, we have a new covenant. Okay, well, show me anywhere where Jesus said old covenants are invalid. Where does he invalidate old covenants? Because I can point to places where he says not a jot or tittle will change from the law. He says, I come not to abolish the law, right? But they ignore that. Oh, we have a new covenant. Well, I can make you two promises at the same time. Let me give you an example of two promises at the same time that I'm sure everyone has experienced in their life. Promise number one, if you get good grades, you know, we'll, we'll order pizza or we'll go out for dinner or something like that, right? And then promise two, if you do all your chores, you can go out and play. These are covenants. These are promises. Two of them can exist at the same time. You can have thousands at the same time. So if your, your parents said, okay, so if you, you get an A on your test, we'll order pizza. And then later they said, if you do all your chores, you can go out and play. Well, the first promise is still there, right? It didn't go away unless they said, okay, this replaces that one. Instead of this promise, I'm going to do a new promise, which takes over for that one. The, the Bible doesn't say that. There are ongoing things. The very first covenant that was made in the Bible was with Abraham that he would have descendants across all the nations. And God specifically said, this is an everlasting covenant, everlasting. So if it's everlasting, 
that means it doesn't end because another promise or another covenant was made later it doesn't cancel out the first covenant so when god said this is an everlasting covenant and then jesus comes along and says this is a new covenant they don't cancel each other out unless jesus is saying god is a lying piece of shit just like a christian right god lies as much as his followers do so either god lies as much as his followers do or his followers are just too fucking stupid to understand basic concepts sorry for the language and let's talk about these these little covenants right so god promised abraham okay you'll have many descendants right there's a promise and then he told noah oh i'll never flood the earth again here's a rainbow what's the covenant that jesus made with us where is it spelled out in the bible this is the covenant because i can point to you where it says the abrahamic covenant or the covenant with noah or that the, there's a palestinian covenant talking about the land itself there's all these different covenants that i can point to here it is this is what it says where can you do that with jesus where can you find the new covenant he says this is my new covenant my body my blood blah 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 what the does that have to do with anything what covenant is that yes it's your body guess what i'll make a covenant with you this is my body so what where is the covenant if you eat from my body you'll have everlasting life well i mean that's pretty gross but i mean okay i mean i guess being a cannibal to have everlasting life i mean ah you know whatever live your best life i guess so what is a testament? We have the Old Testament, the New Testament. We have the Book of Mormon, which is another testament of Jesus. You know, we have all these testaments. What is a testament? It is just literally a story that testifies to this thing happening. Um, that's all it is. So we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let's stop there. Let's not bring in the Book of Mormon to this discussion. Um, but just the Old and New Testament. Okay, great. Old Testament. Does God say it's an Old Testament or is that um, a man-made word? Uh, does God say this is a New Testament? Because again, the New Testament was put together by a group of men going over the 40 different Gospels to put together a story that they wanted to tell. So this New Testament, um, like, like what <sighs> Isaiah and first peter both say that god's word is eternal there's actually a lot more verses that say that god's word is eternal so since the old testament is about 80 percent of the bible you're telling me that 80 percent of god's book is old and irrelevant is that what you're saying when you say old testament would god say that's old would god be happy that you're calling 80 percent of his book old Many places in the Bible, including Malachi and Hebrews, say God is the same today as he is tomorrow. God never changes. So if God was okay with something in the Old Testament, he's still okay with it today. He may have changed the rules, but that's how you find out who somebody is. You look at them as a whole and you figure out who they are. I might work with somebody who's an amazing coworker. Oh my goodness, he shows up on time, he's helpful, 
Um, he's friendly. He, you know, he's always offering to help. Just what, whatever, you know. What a great guy. Would I judge his whole life, try to summarize his whole life up based on what I know about him at work? What if uh, when he's home, he's Jeffrey Dahmer, Timothy McVeigh? You know, what if he's one of these horrible people, but he's just a real friendly guy at work, right? So we have all these people that um, you find out you, you're working with this guy. Next thing you know, he's on the news for some crazy thing. And people are like, well, I never knew he would do that. Right. So if you only know a small portion, and in this case, 20% of the character of the person, how can you say you know them as a whole? If you only know a little bit about them, then you can't say you know them as a person, right? You only know this part of them. And I'll tell you this, as much as I despise Christians, I respect the people who actually have read the Bible, who know what it says, and they will say, yes, that's a hard subject matter to deal with, but I trust in God, right? So I, still, I, th I think that's crazy. There's no reason to trust somebody who lies to his own people, but... Um, the fact that they at least acknowledge it and they've processed it is so much more respectable than just the pure ignorance of your standard Christian. Again, I don't think genocide is ever an appropriate solution to problems. I don't think slavery is ever okay. But as long as you acknowledge, yes, he did that, then at least I, I'll actually listen to what you have to say. I'm not going to agree with you. I'm not going to believe you, but I'll listen. Because I don't need to hear somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about preach. I am so sick of that and that's not happening. So, if you have somebody who hasn't read the Old Testament or 80% of the goddamn book that God gave us, then I really, I have nothing, you have nothing to teach me. You have nothing to tell me. You're only telling me about this one little aspect while ignoring most of the information about God. If I want to figure out why I'm sick, I'm not going to go to somebody who read one article on the common cold. I'm going to go to somebody who studied all of physiology and biology and whatever who can give me a comprehensive answer. So I'm not going to listen to somebody who's read the Gospel of Matthew five times and hasn't once read through Exodus, hasn't once read through Genesis. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Jesus is God, people. Jesus is God. So everyone wants you to think that Jesus is God, right? But then when you start talking about the Old Testament, they're like, oh, that wasn't Jesus. Or when they talk about slavery, well, what did Jesus say about slavery? Bitch, if Jesus is God, then everything that God said is what Jesus said, you intellectually dishonest buffoon. You don't get to say, well, Jesus is God here, but he's not God there. He either is or he is not. People are so quick to separate Jesus from God when we talk about all the horrible things, but they want you to think he's the same person. Just because you can do mental gymnastics and lie to yourself about who this character is, if you believe that Jesus is God, then Jesus is the one speaking when he told Moses to kill everyone and save the virgin daughters for themselves, to take slaves of the, of the heathens and the nations around them and make them slaves for life. Jesus commanded his people and told them that they could sell their daughters into slavery. 
Jesus said that if you believe Jesus is God. So I'll leave you with these closing thoughts. And listen, don't leave yet, you son of a... Listen. Okay, so baptism, when you see kids getting baptized, what that's saying is we promise to indoctrinate our kids. We promise to push um, this unproven claim into their brain. We, we promise to keep repeating it. We promise to lie to them about everything. We, we, we promise to tell them what to think and not how to think. That's basically, when you see a baptism, that means we're going to lie to our kid and we're going to fuck up his mentality. So the only way into Christianity is indoctrination and grooming. The only way out of Christianity is through critical thinking. Thanks for listening, cunts.